0: Good morning, ladies and gents. It is Groundhog Day. I am tempted to sing that Sonny and Cher song from that wonderful movie, Groundhog Day, with Bill Murray, but I promise I won't torture you or your ears. Um, So it is Wednesday. It is February 2nd. It is 2022. There's actually not a ton to report this morning. Um, John Authors, in his daily piece, talks today about the fact that earnings have been really good for Q4 so far. Um, But with the exception of companies like Apple and Google, uh, the market really hasn't been rewarding uh, earnings beats. Uh, And that's really a function, I think, of the fact that, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you obviously, or at the beginning of the pandemic, you obviously had Wall Street revising its earnings estimates sharply downward. And that trend started to change later in the year. And we've basically had anywhere from 12 to 14 months of nothing but upwards earning revisions uh, as the market rallied. Uh, earnings growth is now above the long-term trend. It does tend to mean revert pretty consistently. So earnings revisions, upward earnings revisions should be a thing of the past, should be in the rearview mirror. We're probably going to start seeing some downward revisions as the year progresses. Just keep an eye on that. Um, last year, regarding those upwards earning revisions all last year, you had what I would term a, a great catch-up trade. Uh, and that catch-up trade is over. Uh, I mean, especially with the big tech stocks where you really have had uh, the market price in 20 to 25 years of great results. Uh, You know, not all all of those big tech stocks trade at crazy valuations. Google, one of the cheaper ones, Facebook, relatively cheap. Um, But, you know, I'm a proponent of looking more at the overall market cap as a percentage of GDP. Uh, Some of these stocks, frankly, I just I can't digest market caps over two trillion dollars. To me, that is a ish phenomenon. I don't think it's sustainable, not when the Fed is switching into punch bowl draining mode. Um, The other thing that that authors notes is that executives have really stopped talking about pricing power on their calls. Uh, And this begs the question, do they really have any left Uh, with inflation doing what it's doing? with wage pressures really building, owner's equivalent rent really building, um, th- they, companies probably have a lot less pricing power. Not all of them, but a lot of them have a lot less pricing power than they did in the past. And their silence on their pricing power is noteworthy. Um, Executives aren't really saying anything good about supply chain constraints either. Uh, That's another notable thing that authors points out Um, And this implies that supply chains may not be improving as quickly or or as as widely as a lot seem to assume Um, Moving on to a piece out from John Malden today. John Malden is another must read uh, he has some data from the Economic Cycles Research Institute. Uh, they have a pretty accurate track record of calling recessions, uh, and their leading indicator, their leading index, is just about to do- drop below the zero line. Now there have been false alarms in the past. It usually is a function on in terms of the accuracy of their indicator. It's usually a function of how steep the recovery or the growth cycle was. So this was obviously a very steep up cycle and now it's really plummeting. So some of that is just reversion to the trend. I wouldn't read too much into it at this point. Obviously, the ADP number out today was very weak. The market doesn't really like it. I, I would have expected big tech to go bid on a weak economic data, but it didn't. It really, right now, it's Google carrying the whole index. Um, I think if you did first of all, ADP indicated that most of the weakness in jobs was a function of Omicron, because this was a January number. And that makes sense, because we had peak Omicron last month. So I wouldn't read too much into one month's data. I think when we get the non-farm payrolls report on Friday, there is going to be way, way, way more emphasis placed on the average hourly earnings growth than there is on the number itself. COVID has messed with these numbers, like no phenomenon post-World War II. Uh, maybe that's an overstatement, but it it really has screwed up the seasonality. Uh, it's kind of thrown it under the bus. So let's not read too much into uh, a weak jobs number at this point. The longer term trend is more important. Uh, unemployment claims have remained pretty low. Continuing claims have remained pretty low. Uh, so not willing to draw any conclusions yet on that. A lot of people today are saying, "Oh, see, you know, here are weak jobs, the Fed can't hike." But I think they're missing the main point. The main point is that wages are still not high enough to bring people back to work and mass. The Fed is very, very sensitive to wage inflation. Wage inflation is only just starting to kick in. You had oil breaking out to new uh, swing highs today. It has come off a little bit as the day has gone on, but there have been some headlines of late. That have given oil a reason to sell off, and it just hasn't sold off. Technically, the chart remains very bullish. Yes, we could get a pullback here. Uh, there is the risk that we are at kind of you know peak Ukraine. Um, doesn't seem like that situation is going to go away for the time being, but it may fully be priced in. So really, now we're focusing on just the supply-demand equation. Um, the future structure remains in firm backwardation, which is bullish. Uh, We had that report out from UBS the other day saying that they think U.S. uh, supply or U.S. production is going to be weaker this year than people expected. So there are plenty of reasons to remain bullish on energy. I don't see how stocks, especially high multiple growth stocks, can continue to climb like this uh, if oil breaks up to 100 plus. So you have owner's equivalent rent just starting to really kick in in earnest. The housing shortage is worse than ever. Wage inflation just starting to kick in. um, And you've got oil very buoyant. There are a ton of people out there who seem to think that inflation is just going to decelerate heavily and steadily throughout the year. I don't think that's going to happen at all. It will decelerate just because the comps are so tough. The math virtually dictates that it must decelerate. But we're focused on the third derivative, the rate of change of the rate of change. How fast does it decelerate? And I think people are sorely overestimating how fast it will decelerate. Uh, Obviously, that's the kind of thing that will reveal itself in the months to come. Uh, We could probably see another month of acceleration in CPI. We will see. The Fed is really in a pickle here. Um, HYG, the junk ETF, has not confirmed the recent stock market strength. I know they're keeping a very close eye on that. LQD has held up better, but again, there are some very tiny little fissures starting to pop, not fissures, but some tiny little disconnects starting to pop up in credit markets. Uh, and again, the Fed cares much, much less about the S&P 500 than they do about credit markets functioning properly. Uh, I think it's a fate accompli that they are going to hike at least 25 in March. I I just am mind boggled that there are people out there who think that the Fed isn't gonna hike. The only way that's going to happen is if risk assets crater here in the next six weeks. I still think that there's a good chance they're gonna go 50, we shall see. If they don't go 50 in March, I think they're probably gonna go 25 at every meeting until something in credit markets starts to really break. They have no choice. They are totally trapped at this point. That'll do it for us today, guys. We will talk to you again tomorrow.